0: We read the scripture. Ephesians 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us to the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth and grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward from the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Thank you. You may be seated.
1: Well, I'm honored to to get to, you know, celebrate the seniors, but always honored to get to speak to you as well as as we talk about this Ephesians letter, and I love this book in the Bible, and God takes me back to it on a regular basis to remind me of really good stuff, really good news, and even what Easton just read to you this morning, and as you look up here on the screen, you see this logo that's up here. Uh, we, we've broken it down. There's six chapters in the book of Ephesians, the first two chapters— are talking about who we are in Christ. And I get excited thinking about that and just the momentum of the first chapter that has already been gone, uh, we've gone through that already here. But then also the middle two chapters, one, this, this oneness, this unity, chapters three and four that we're going to hit over the next several weeks. And then the last two chapters, life, life with Christ, life in Christ. And you think about, you know, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 6, through the armor of God, all that that is coming. It's, um, it's fun to be a part of this. This morning, we're going to look at Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, but I want to go back to when, you know, Josh led us off w- with Ephesians and, you know, just he has blessed us. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It says, I think, Ephesians 1, 3, because we are united with Christ, because we are in Christ and even marked, sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, our salvation guaranteed. and And John just pause when he spoke about the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, that exerted him, that exerted his mighty power and resurrected him. That's the same power that we have. And he said, it can just blow your mind when you think about it. And it does. And this momentum is built through Ephesians 1. And it's talking about in past tense what we already have in Christ if you've taken Jesus on in baptism. And then Paul Paul pauses at the beginning of Ephesians 2. But I do want to say one thing before I get started and and getting this preaching flow, <laughs> is it's duly noted that, that Josh challenged me um, two weeks ago to sing a love song. Now, I'm going to take the liberty and choose a song I want to sing if I do it, because I don't know why you think I'd want to do it. It's not like I like to sing, and it's not like I break out in song every once in a while, kind of the singing preacher. But we'll see what happens with that. But I remember that. I'm a little bit competitive by nature, just, just a little bit as I look at my brother-in-law. Um, but we'll see. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, um, I love this, and as we start off, you know, once you are dead because of your disobedience and many sins, there's a a physical death, there's a spiritual death. And the death right here that he's talking about, it makes me think of the story of Adam and Eve where they're in the garden, and when she took of the fruit, when she was deceived, and when Adam let himself be deceived along with her, they didn't die physically, but there was a spiritual death that day, and not, not a good spiritual death. And you think about what's happened since then and everything leading to Jesus Christ, but this is the kind of death he's talking about here. And as you read on, he says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world just like the rest of the world. Obeying who? Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So we do need to to have an awareness of the reality that we are in a spiritual battle. There's this lowercase s spirit that's out there. Um, And then there's this capital s Holy Spirit, because he who's in you is greater than he is in this world. We're in a battle and he who is in you really is greater than he who is in this world. And, and we get to to believe that and also flow in that and fight from this place of victory, not for victory. But the reality is we're in a battle. And he's talking about what it used to be like. He's contrasting the past with the present of who you are in Christ. And he's reminding us of the way we used to live. Now, the reality is some of you may be still living that way today. Some of you maybe haven't taken Jesus Christ on in baptism yet. But we all still struggle with sin to a certain degree for those of us who are in Christ. It doesn't mean that we never sin again or don't have the capacity to sin. The reality is we just don't have to. But he's talking about what it used to be like. And the challenge is sometimes, even as a new creation in Christ, we tend to hold things over other people for how they used to be in the past, or even to hold things over ourselves. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. He took your sin. He took your punishment. But sometimes we punish ourselves and others and hold things over them. Uh, a very small example. Anytime I go to Springfield, Missouri, and I happen to be on Campbell Street, and I'm not talking about when you get down to Bass Pro Shops before then, there is this overpass that goes over Campbell Street. And the last time I was there, one too long ago. I'm driving, and right when I see that overpass, this memory pops up. I did when I was a little kid. I don't know exactly how old I was. My mom and dad are here. Mom can tell me after the service. But I had already had six baby teeth pulled at once, and it wasn't a great experience. A lot of blood, a very gauzy experience, and bad memories. And so I was scheduled to get two more teeth pulled this day, and I don't want to do it. And my dad was going to have to take off work to come take me, which is kind of a big deal back then. You know, the big man at Burlington Northern Railroad had to take off work to come pick up his son. And I got the bright idea that, you know what, I don't want to do this. I took off. I ran away for the day on my bike. Children don't run away. But, but I ran away for the day, and you know where I parked myself for about three hours? On that overpass over Campbell Street. And the reality is my dad, he never gave up looking for me. He found me. And there's a chance his old white belt in the closet found me too. But, but eventually, eventually I still had to go and get my teeth pulled. But when I see that overpass, this feeling of guilt and just like, oh, it's funny. Every time I see it, I can't shake it. Heal me, Jesus. But I, I see it and, and I think about that. And you think about sometimes things that are much bigger than that that we can hold over ourselves or hold other people. And he's talking about that's the way you used to live and sin. And so, but then also too, I thought about this. Satan doesn't have to turn us all the way to worshiping him. Because a lot of times we think of sin, you know, and sin, like real extreme sin. We get, we, we put them in these categories. If you're living for yourself, I mean, that's enough. And, and that can be challenging whether you have come to Jesus Christ or whether you are already in Christ we, we can kind of start doing that without recognizing, it, where it's just about kind of living for myself. And it's about me, because this Christian walk, when you're in Christ, it's, it is a huge blessing to you, but also it's about releasing that blessing to people around you. And so all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else I think this is a really important scripture that kind of gets passed over sometimes, right here, Galatians 5 24. Look at it with me. Those that belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. The sinful nature, the flesh, Crucified than there. Because a lot of times we think of Galatians 5, of course, we think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those great things. Amen. I think it's Galatians 5, 22, and 23. Like 16 through 18, it talks about the opposing forces of, of the flesh, the sinful nature, and the spirit. They're in conflict with each other and this battle that's going on. And, and then it talks about the acts of sinful nature that are obvious, we don't want to do. Then it goes to the fruit of the spirit. And then this scripture right here. They've been crucified. Because I think we sometimes still claim the sinful nature and flesh, even when we're already in Christ. We've already come out of the waters in baptism. Sin's been washed away. Gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit that I am united with the, the Lord and one in spirit with him as a new creation in Christ, that Holy Spirit, there's nothing wrong with it. And when we talked about the spiritual death in the garden with Adam and Eve, there's a spiritual death that takes place when you are baptized into Jesus Christ. Think about some other scriptures. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I do not live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And think about, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. The old has been crucified on the cross. Think about Romans 6, dead to sin, alive in Christ. Sin has lost power in your life. You are a new creation in Christ, and I think that's a really important verse, because when we think about the way we used to live, the way we used to be, the sin, this is a great verse right here, and I think it's a transitional verse, because... Wherever you are on your journey with Christ, there are some really bad days. There are some really trying times. Some things will happen real quickly this past week. Something that really challenged me emotionally and everything was this young man died by drowning on Mother's Day last week who happened to be a teammate and really kind of a new friend to my son Isaac, but a teammate on the football team at Bentonville High School. Tragic Mother's Day with his family, no matter how you look at it. But what it made it even more tragic for me and the things that go on in this world sometimes that I just don't understand, I don't get, my hope, my faith, and trust is in God, but it gets challenged sometimes in the natural and the circumstances that surround me, even though I'm in Christ. This young man got put in the foster care system when he was seven years old in California, ends up in Little Rock. The last 10 years have made 24 transitions. Had gotten adopted at the beginning of December by this sweet Christian family in northwest Arkansas through Project Zero. And had an awesome six months. Never been on a team before. Made the football team. Made the basketball team. His smile is captivating. I cried a ton Thursday. It's probably why I don't have the tears of day. At his funeral. Because you're seeing all these great pictures of him and his family. And the last six months, maybe the best months of his life. And yet he's known for a saying... We really have nothing to complain about. A kid has been transitioned 24 times. That's his saying. We really have nothing to complain about. And he lived by the motto of being kind and generous and, and helpful to other people. How awesome is that? Because he was in Christ. But you know, I don't understand why it happened. I I, I don't get it. I'm never going to. It, it was heartbreaking. It was challenging. So I don't know what you're going through today. But God. <laughs> but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead in our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So why did he do it? Why did he do it? Because he loves us so much, for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. And I don't know where you are, but God. We need to have these but God moments, no matter how bad the report is in the natural, we've got to remember but God, who he is, what he represents, and really because of what he's done through Jesus, who you are in him, what you have living inside of you, and what is possible with that, because fear really is a liar, and we give into it sometimes, but we don't have to because of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, but God, what can he do in your life today? And you think about it, that's, that's a love story that we get to be involved in, we get to be a part of, a love story. Kind of makes you think of a love song. Sorry, Marcy, but here we go. I was challenged. What can I say? <laughs> Wise men say, Marcy, only fools rush in, but I can I keep singing. I won't. I won't keep singing. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to start going, like a river flows, but I won't. All right. But speaking of love story, let's get back to that, the good stuff. Um, and somebody challenged me. Jeff DeLoach sent me a text during church, because he's a first service guy. said, I challenge you to take a knee in second service. And I don't want to split my pants. So here we go. <laughs> love story. Look at these next verses with me. Oh, I'm already there. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the credible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And you've already seen it. You probably filled in your blank. But our victory in the Christian life is dependent on our dependency in Christ. I love that thought. I love that thought. And then I went back to this. I was telling Josh about this the other day, riding his truck with him about this communion song, this phrase that I never can forget. And it says, we're in the process of becoming who we already are in Christ. So think about it. When when, when you're baptized, you come out of that water, you're saved. You can't be any more saved than you are at that very moment. Yet you're also in the process of becoming more and more of who you already are in Christ, which flows with the glory of the new covenant, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18, that talks about by the Spirit, it's going to transform us into the image of Christ more and more from glory to Glory. So I I want us to think about that this morning. You're really in the process of becoming who you already are, just more and more. And so your mind's going to be renewed more and more of the truth of the reality of who you are in spirit with Jesus Christ. And and our mind gets renewed. And, you know, Romans 12, 2 talks about that, that you've got to do that daily. And so when you think of this transformation process that we're in, I'm in Christ, like I'm saved But the beauty of this is I'm going to become more and more who I already am in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is just going to flow through me more and more freely. And and I love that thought because I am completely dependent in Christ. And so God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I think it's important every once in a while for us to think, what do I believe? Because Jesus said your only work John six twenty nine is to believe in the one he has sent. We're supposed to believe in him. And Jesus says, the way to eternal life is to know me, to know the one that the Father sent in John 17. What do you believe? What do you believe about Jesus, who he is? Who do you believe about who you are in Christ and what is possible through that relationship as a new creation, as a branch to the vine? What do you truly believe? salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ, I put the capital bold there, in Christ Jesus, so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. And you see the big word there, ambassador. I actually really love that word. We are ambassadors for Christ. Every one of us in here, wherever we go, we are an ambassador for Christ. If you are a new creation in Christ, you carry his spirit, the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. And to some extent, you are representing Jesus. And I have to remind myself sometimes when I'm getting frustrated with the IT department as I transfer all my phones over to T-Mobile, and they're just not getting it. They're not doing their part. Oh, help me, Jesus. In those moments, I'm an ambassador for Christ, that person who cuts you off, or the people who do just, you know, we all do stupid things at times. Are you, do you remember who you are in Christ? That waiter, that waitress didn't get your meal right? How do you treat them? Everywhere we go, we are an ambassador for Christ. You know, when I deal with people who it's like, okay, they're doing me wrong. I can't let them mow me over. I got to stand up for what I believe in, but I still got to remember that I got to speak the truth in love. I got to keep my love on. I got to lead with love. You are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So, well, what does that mean? And I think about this gospel that we believe in. We're reading all these really incredible scriptures in the book of Ephesians. This is a general letter of encouragement to the churches, a lot of theologians think. And what does this mean for us today? If you read through the book of Ephesians, you don't get a little bit excited. You need to wake up because this is really good stuff. But, I got really convicted a couple weeks ago about my relationship with people when it came to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ as an ambassador for Christ. We're supposed to love people where they are, and that's huge in this society, this culture. We're supposed to do good things for people, do kind things for people. To never forget that we're showing who Christ is by the way we respond, by the way we talk to them, by the way we treat them. And I really firmly believe in that. We're to lead with love. We're to speak the truth in love. but we also live in a culture where it's challenging sometimes. We're so afraid to offend people, to come across as judgmental, that if I don't watch it, if you don't watch it, we could really stop sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I've been feeling that lately, and, and I've been feeling just more convicted than the guy I spoke about a couple weeks ago. who's on the other end of the spectrum of hellfire and brimstone. This guy's all about love, and he's he's challenging us, making us think, Because he said, at the end of the day, it's still only the blood of Jesus Christ that saves people. You're ambassadors for Christ, and through relationship, as you come to live alongside people, love them where they are, and as God provides the moments, and you be sensitive to the Spirit, and His leading, and get wisdom, He will provide a moment at some point in a relationship where you have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ, because it's still only the blood of Jesus that saves people. It's an all-inclusive love. He loves everyone. He wants everybody to come to him. But John 14, 6, a pretty is a pretty exclusive statement. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And if I am not sharing Jesus Christ with people, when the opportunity arises, speaking the truth in love, but not being afraid to speak the truth, what am I communicating as an ambassador for Christ? And I really got challenged. He said, if you think about it, if you never share Jesus or the gospel, you're teaching them, just be good. Which is really a heretical gospel, heretical, you know, doctrine, theology, whatever you want to call it. And it convicted me. It made me think, Todd, are, are you an ambassador for Christ? Or are you just a professional Christian? Because, you know, I get paid to be a minister. It really, it convicted me. And, and, In my dealings as an ambassador for Christ or Bentonville Church of Christ, getting to be involved in the community as our kids do stuff. When opportunities come, am I afraid about offending or coming across as judgmental and not share, not give people an opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ? I want to challenge us to remember you're ambassadors for Christ. We are to share the good news of Jesus and fear is a liar, and fear can keep us from doing that as well. See, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. None of us can boast about it, for we're God's masterpiece. He created us in the name Christ Jesus, so good works do not gain us salvation. I'm not trying to preach, brother, you better get out there and, and, you know, dunk 10 people this month, and in the name of Jesus, you're not doing your part. That's not what I'm preaching here, But I am saying we we need to to be ambassadors, and I'm not preaching another performance-based Christianity. Good works don't gain us salvation, but they do affirm that salvation has been received in our lives. Good works cannot produce a new nature, but a new nature should produce good works. The deeper revelation I get of what Jesus Christ has done for me, who I am in Christ, the depths of his love, his grace, and mercy, I can't help but be compelled to do good things for other people. I can't just be living for myself. And I've got to share what God's given me. Again, a deeper revelation I get of what I receive. I'm going to release that naturally to people. Of course, keeping my love on, speaking the truth in love, but not being afraid of the truth. And I thought, have I unintentionally been a little bit of ashamed of the gospel by not being, not having the courage to, to really share in moments that maybe have come and passed where I could have shared the gospel of Jesus, giving that person a chance to respond, because he really is the, the way, the truth of life. Because what did Jesus do? He did a lot of, a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> uh, but Acts ten thirty eight, I think about God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Spirit, with power, and he went around doing good things and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let me, let me wrap up with this for all of us. Don't just live for yourself. Don't just live for yourself. That part of you is dead. (laughs) Circumstances can't change who you are in Christ. The natural, what's going on around me, it can't change my position in Christ. I'm not saying it's easy, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are dependent in Christ and are ambassadors for Christ. That's, that's why we're here. Again, why am I here? Why am I here? Well, I'm hoping I'm raising up some warriors for Christ. And I'm hoping that through a relationship in this community, God's going to give me an opportunity to share the good news. I'm responsible to people, not for people, but I'm responsible to people as an ambassador for Christ. And everything we do, seniors, this is for you, this is for the rest of us, everything we do flows from who we are in Christ. And when you think about what you are in Christ, what is possible in Christ, it's really good news. Seniors as you're going away to college, everybody in here this morning, I pray that we keep our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus Christ and, be, and remember who we are in Christ, but that we really are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. If we don't tell people about Jesus, who will? We are in Christ, and that is good news. Maybe you haven't taken Jesus on in baptism yet, you would like to this morning. Maybe you just need some prayers. The enemy's been coming at you hard. We're going to have elders stationed around here, and Josh and I will be willing to pray for you. If not today, this week, contact us. Let us know. We want to love you. We want to be ambassadors for Christ to our people in the church as well and help you in this journey. If you need Jesus in baptism, if you need prayers or anything, please come while we stand and while we sing.